The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's the Nicole Sandler Show. It is, and it is the day before Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Welcome to it. I hope your uh, holiday is getting off to a good start. I noticed some of my colleagues already took the day off. Well, we're here today live, but going to do things a little differently today because it is the day before Thanksgiving. The date is November 24th, and you know that Thanksgiving falls on a different date every year. It's the third Thursday in November. And I always like Thanksgiving. You know, what's not to like about Thanksgiving? Um, but Thanksgiving became a, a, an even more special holiday for me uh, 21 years ago. I, I know you've heard me talk about it before, but there's a method. There's a reason behind this, obviously, other than the fact that it makes me happy. It warms my heart. It's something that um, I, I, I think it is the, simp- the single best thing that I've ever done in my life, which was adopting my daughter. And, you know, I look back on it and I'm like, I don't know how I did that because it was a gargantuan undertaking. Um, it was, uh, so So today I'm going to share the story with you. And I do this, I share our story. I mean, I have our adoption journal on my uh, website. It's under the Nicole Sandler Show uh, heading in the navigation bar because there's a lot of stuff on that uh, the website at NicoleSandler.com. But should you care to uh, want to read the whole thing, because I'm barely going to be able to scratch the surface in the hour we have together today. So there's more details there along with other stuff. If you're bored this weekend and you need something to do, feel free to peruse the website. There's no paywall. All the content is there. It's free. Enjoy. Um, but November is National Adoption Month. And, you know, I sit back and watch, and I've known people in my family, uh, I've known casual acquaintances and perfect strangers who go through the heartache and and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to try to do IVF to get pregnant. Well, you know, there are, without exaggeration, millions of children out there who need homes, and Adoption is a wonderful way to expand your family. You know, I've got a, 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 a plaque up in my office. It's across the room. And um, I, it's just always there. I, I don't think much about it. But it, it reads, and I can't see from here because I'm getting older and my eyes suck these days. But it's something goes along the lines of adoption is when the baby grows in your mother's heart instead of her tummy. I've had that. Somebody gave that to me as a gift many, many years ago. So, um, so let's let's go back. So I was approaching my fortieth birthday, and the thing is, I had always been so career minded um, that 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 was my focus. The focus was not on you know getting married and having a kid, but I always wanted a child. Always knew that I that I wanted a, a child, and so as I'm approaching forty. I realized I was living in Los Angeles. I had a lovely house. I had a great job. I was making good money. The only thing I didn't have was the guy. 
right? And I'm thinking, what am I waiting for at this point? And so it was right around May of 1999. I went back through my journals. It was May of 1999 that it was like a light bulb went off in my head. And I'm like, I can adopt. Now, being an almost 40-year-old single woman, I thought, you know, and I wanted a baby. I really wanted an infant. Um, and I, And I thought, no you know, expectant mother is going to choose a single 40-year-old woman to raise her child. I didn't want to go through the foster system because I'd heard too many horror stories about, you know, birth mothers coming back and demanding their child, uh, which would be my worst nightmare ever. And, and, you know, I could be wrong on that. It's probably a very good way to go, but I didn't even explore it. What popped into my mind at that split second that the light bulb went off was international adoption. My heritage is Russian. It, well, it's Russian, Romanian, and Austrian. But my grandparents, two of them uh, came from Russia, and two of them, one from Romania, one from Austria. So I thought, Russia, my heritage is Russian. There are you know horror stories about these Russian orphanages. So I went online that night and I began researching Russian adoption. And I spent weeks like researching different agencies and signing up. And, and remember, this was uh, 1999, so it was still early on. I mean, the internet was there, but, you know, not the way it is today. Um, but there were, there were mailing lists. There were listservs. And uh, there were a few for Russian adoption, Eastern European adoption. So I joined those, met a lot of people online, did a lot of research. And I narrowed my search down to one agency, this little agency that was based in, um, in Utah, Utah and Wyoming. It was called Focus on Children. And I liked them because, um, well, their fees were lower than most. And they seemed to be in it for the right reasons. They seemed, you know, they were like, they were Mormons. They were, you know, family-oriented. Turned out later, the agency got into some really bad shit with a program they had going in Samoa. And they wound up going out of business. And a couple of them went to jail. And in fact, the, the man who was my point person... It, it, so you never know who you're dealing with. It's just that's, I'm not getting into that. That's just uh, just saying you never know what you're going to get. So I signed on with them. I got this binder, this red binder in the mail with, you know, a lot of work. And when I'm talking about pages and pages and pages of documents that I had to get filled out, I had to get a, a home study. I lived in Culver City at the time. And, um, well, actually, I lived in, in the Hollywood Hills first, and then I wound up throughout, through the course of the adoption process moving to Culver City um, because the house that I lived in in the Hollywood Hills on Woodrow Wilson Drive was not very child-friendly. It had a lot of steep steps. It was up in the hills. Beautiful house. But I wound up moving to a more kid-friendly house in Culver City. Anyway, I had to get the home study with a social worker. I had to get um, the checklist of all the things that I needed to get um, uh, here. Like, okay, so <laughs> here's just one list. It says the date was October 2nd, 1999. Um, uh, it says, oh, God, this is like stuck in here. Uh, in close, please find 11 documents to be apostilled for use in adopting a baby from Russia. They are uh, home study, 
contract for services, letter of medical approval about me, a copy of my 1998 tax return, copy of a local police clearance statement, salary verification and employment letter, copy of my passport, power of attorney, first copy, power of attorney, second copy, something called a declaration, and then a copy of my INS form, one I-171H. Now, the INS was what, um, today it's ICE. Back then it was... It was the INS. Anyway, I've got uh, papers, boxes of papers, because what happened was shortly after I began the process to adopt a child from Russia, Russia had an election and Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin became president. That's when he took office. And while they said, oh, he's not going to touch adoptions, it was one of the first things he did. He shut down adoptions because they were so corrupt. I mean, a big part of adopting from Russia was how much money you were going to, you know, grease the palms with as you went. Um, So he shut down adoptions and they gradually opened them up. But to, you know, to make a long story short, my labor, (laughs) as it were, took 18 months what you, what happens once you get all your paperwork in and all the 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 translations done and the notar the forms notarized and then apostilled and then translated and sent to the region and then if you're going to a different region you have to do it all over again for each region they send your stuff to and mine bounced around because it was you know just little pockets would open up for adoption so first i was supposed to go to vladivostok which is where my agency worked where they did the bulk of their Adoption. So originally, that's where we thought I was going to go. Then that was closed. So then they sent my stuff to Chelyabinsk, Chelyabinsk, and then Omsk, and then Tomsk. And it went on and on. And, you know, they ask you what, what you know, your parameters are. Um, there are some very charitable, magnanimous people who will adopt a child with special needs. I knew that I was doing this as a single woman. That I just did not have that. I, I I wanted a fairly healthy baby. I mean, I knew I could deal with some challenges, but I couldn't do a major health issue. That's not what I signed on for. So when they moved my stuff around, there was like, okay, there's a little girl in Chelyabinsk. Oh, but she's got spina bifida. And, you know, it was one thing after another after another. And what was supposed to take like four or five months for a referral at the beginning was now stretched out to 18 months, right? So... Then I get a phone call from Scott, the guy at my agency, and he said, you know, I, I know you want to you go to Russia, but there's a little girl in Kazakhstan that, that we think you should take a look at. The story was she was, at the time, I think 16 months old, which was a little older than I said I wanted an infant under 12 months, but yeah, whatever. Um, and the thing is, it's because it's another country. Now, Kazakhstan was part of the former Soviet Union, but this is after the Soviet Union broke up. So Kazakhstan was an independent you know, country, former Soviet Union. So I had to redo the dossier for Kazakhstan again, but I had everything done. So it was really just a matter of you know, making copies and getting them notarized and apostilled again and sent, and, and sent out. And they did that in record time. And now we are in... September of 2000, right? So I started in May of, of, uh, of 1999. So my entire, you know, the, the process took about 18 months. 
Um, all right, so it's it's this day in September. I, I I should have my you know I should have my journal open in front of me so I can actually verify the dates because because doing it from memory, I'm not great at that stuff. But it was um, it, I guess it was in in September. Uh, here I'm doing all the paper chase stuff. I, I kept a journal. Now at the time I was working at a radio station in Los Angeles called channel 1031. Um, it was a cool radio station and more about that another day. Um, but I was the program director and I was doing afternoons and, um, I was able to go to Kazakhstan and just, you know, I had my computer. So I was able to check in and do kind of work long distance, but I was gone for about a month. Um, and uh, so, but I'm at the radio station. So the, so the agents, the agency said, okay, we will send you, we've got two photos of this little girl and a video. So they emailed me the photos and they overnighted the video to me along with, you know, a medical report as, as much as they had. And so um, I, I awoke the next morning to um, a picture, well, actually two pictures on my computer, in my email, of this, of this little, precious little baby. Um, and, well, uh, for those of you watching on video, these are the referral photos that I got of Allison. And you see, sitting up in a chair, two pictures of this tiny little thing. I mean, I thought at first I thought her feet were huge, because relatively they look big, but she was just so tiny and so skinny. In this photo, in these photos, I think she was about 15 months old. Um, and I, I'm like, this is all I had. But the minute I looked at her, it's like, oh my God, I think that's my daughter. And so um, I, 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 I ran into the radio station waiting for FedEx to arrive. And when FedEx came, they had um, a, a, a package with this video in it. I'm going to show you the referral video. And the way it works, what happens is um, the agency will have a, a pair, adoptive parents shoot video of a child that they, you know, are, are given to place. So one of the other adoptive parents who went over, who was in this orphanage to adopt another child, shot this video for me of Allison. Now, this little child, they, the name that they had given her was my ghoul, M-A-I-G-U-L, which stands for, which uh, translated means Mayflower. She had been left basically on a doorstep of a private home. Um, the attitudes towards adoption there are sort of like they were here 30 or 40 years earlier, where nobody talked about adopting. If you know people adopted a kid, they would feign pregnancy before you know and and just pretend that they gave birth i mean that that's what the that was the attitude back then so allison was left at this private home by the gate from what i could understand and the, the people found her and they called the police and she was taken to the hospital and she was you know put in the orphanage so they don't know her exact birth date they estimated may 1st now may 1st may of 99 that's when the light bulb went off and i decided i was adopting internationally. So it was right around the time she was born that something hit me and said, this is what you're doing. I don't question it. So anyway, um, so, so, you know, that was the name they assigned to her. And they also, they make up a last name 
just so that there's something on the birth certificate. So they called her Maigul Matsakova or something similar to that. And, well, this is the video that uh, that arrived in my inbox. So that's Allison. My goal is what she was known as then. Now, there's so many people in there. Oh, that's Michael. They didn't have they didn't have real diapers. You see, there's like a cloth, something tied around her bottom. That's what they did for diapers. She's trying. There we go. We're trying. We're thinking about it. So, you know, she's obviously a little intimidated. There's a lot of people around. And she's not really moving. She looks a little scared. So they're going to take her in another room. And then you'll see her light up. So I can't tell you how many times I watched this video over and over and over again. See, but at 15 months, she should have been walking already, right? But you'll see in a moment, they do take her into another room. Oh, and that's Michael. Now, I met his adoptive mother while I was over there. We became fast friends. My friend Amy lives in Houston, adopted Michael. So they're, well, they don't know each other now. We, we thought they would. Okay, I just want you to see the part where they take her in the other room where there's not so many people around. Here you go. There you go. Oh, and she's like, what is going on here? So this, again, this is what I had for about a month, a month and a half. But I saw then there's the smile, and it's like, okay, that's my kid. Yeah. She was much happier then. Yeah. So... My mind was made up. When I saw the smile, I'm like, oh, God, that's it. That's my daughter. That's her. Cute, huh? <laughs> All right. So that's, that's what I had for, um, well, the next few weeks. 
So what I have in my hand right now, that's the end of the video. Um, I have an email from a doctor. There are, there are all kinds of people who specialize in international adoptions. There's this woman, Dr. Gordina, who is Russian, who, who you know, uh, who evaluates referrals like this. So I sent it to her. And I got this this doctor, her name is, uh, I said Dr. Gordina, she actually called the doctor in Kazakhstan. Allison's story w- was even worse than this. So what happened was, she was a foundling left on a doorstep. She was sent to this baby home. It was, she was just an infant. Well, she spiked a fever. And when she was sick with a fever, she had some seizures. And for some reason, they sent her to another baby home an orphanage for mentally retarded children. I kid you, listen, I mean, this, this, is, this will kill you. So Allison was at this other baby home, forgotten about, because what happens to kids in those situations, they're forgotten, and they're, they're in there until they're 18, and then they age out, and they're on the streets, and they're on their own. Well, my agency had another child that they were uh, placing, and one day they did the same thing. They took this child and sent her to this other baby home for mentally retarded children. And they knew she didn't belong there. So they got a doctor to go to that orphanage to get that child out. That doctor, when she was there, saw Allison, my ghoul, and said, this little girl does not belong here. That alone is a miracle. Because doctors don't reverse the diagnoses of other doctors. But this woman did. Thank her. Oh, my God. Thank her. Um, so, so she pulled Allison out, too, brought her back, and then she became my agency's responsibility to place. But she picked up some mannerisms from these children. Like, she would cry, and she would stiffen up, and she'd throw her head back. So there was another family who was actually got her referral first, and they went there to adopt her. And they were so, they were frightened. The wife was frightened by her movements and these affectations that I know she picked up at that other orphanage. And they didn't take her. They wound up adopting another baby. So they shot another video that I have. I'm not going to share it with you now because it's, it's more in-depth and it's more clinical. And um, there were some kind of scary things on there, like her, one of her legs, and they thought she might have mild cerebral palsy. They didn't know. So I sent the videos and whatever medical information I got to Dr. Gordina. And Dr. Gordina actually called the doctor in Kazakhstan who took her out of that other orphanage. And on Wednesday, October 25th, 2000, I've got the email right here printed out, uh, Dr. Gordina sent me this letter. She said, Dear Nicole, I just spoke with Dr. Lyons. That was her name. She was very positive about my ghoul and actually did not agree with most of the diagnosis, which were made by the Diagnostic Center in August, with two butts. During her initial evaluation, the head ultrasound was performed, which showed signs of intracranial pressure. No clinical symptoms of this condition and or of hydrocephalus were present during her exam. It's like having positive strep tests without swollen red painful tonsils. Can be something, can be nothing. Dr. Lyons has no info that that ultrasound was ever repeated. And then... The second thing is she says, my ghoul by history, not by exam, showed signs which can be interpreted as mild seizures. As far as Dr. Lyons knows, no EEG was performed in order to prove or rule out that condition. 
I think the best thing to do will be to do those tests. Just being a devil's advocate, I have to tell you that a negative EEG is not ruling out the possibility of seizures, and ultrasound is a very unreliable method of brain imaging. MRI or a good CT scan will be more appropriate in the U.S. setting. And then she said, please call me at the office. I'll be there between noon and five and call me and fax me the diagnostic center report. And so anyway, I went back and forth with this doctor. And in the, in the end, what she said is, I think she's just fine. I think she just needs a big dose of vitamin M for mommy. So I decided to do it. I, I accepted the referral and we went at warp speed to get the the, the dossier done for for um, uh, for Kazakhstan. So this email was dated October 25th. I left Los Angeles to go to Kazakhstan to meet and adopt Allison um, on November 18th. So it was less than a month. We moved really, really quickly. All right, so now I'm going to show you a few videos. Uh, bear with me because I'm being a little indulgent today, but I think you'll appreciate it. I'm going to jump around a bit. I have... Tons of video. At one point after we got home, I edited together like a 45-minute long show, a program. But I can't find the, the master tape. And the ones that I saved online, um, I saved it such a bad quality that I can't use them. But I'm going to show you a few clips, and I'll jump around. But I, I want to share this with you. We'll start here. Um, so I get to Kazakhstan. I arrive like in the middle of the night. And I wound up renting an apartment. I think I tell you about all of this in this video. So let's just, um, as they say, go to the videotape. Uh, and it goes like this. Um, so I get Whoops. to cause It would help if I, I have to mute. I don't know where this is coming from. Oh, where is it coming from? I have audio coming on this computer and I need to shut it down. Mute. I got to just mute everything. Go to. Nope. Mute. Okay, but that's it. Okay, cool. Now I can do it. Here we go. So this um, is in the, the 19th of November, 2000. Here we okay. go. Okay. Well, we're in Kazakhstan. We're in, oh, I am in Almaty, Kazakhstan. I got in last night, or I should say early this morning, at about, oh, 2 o'clock a.m. Um, Kazakhstan time, which would have been, it's 14 hours ahead here from LA. So two o'clock AM Monday morning was about noon Sunday in Los Angeles. I left LA Saturday at <laughs> 3.20 is when the flight left. It was a 10 hour flight to Frankfurt, then about a three hour layover, and then a six hour flight from Frankfurt to Almaty. Got here, was met by um, Galia and Nissan, who work for my agency, who are wonderful. On my plane was a couple, the Hodges, from, from Utah, who have never flown before. So their first flight was from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles, to Frankfurt, to Almaty. They're adopting a little girl from the same orphanage that Allison is coming from. <sighs> okay, so, about three in the morning, we got to my apartment. I'll be staying in this apartment for the next three weeks. And um, hopefully, the way the Kazakhstani law is, 
I have to go to the orphanage every day for 14 days to visit with the baby before I can go to court. Sometimes this orphanage will let you take the baby earlier, especially since it's very, very cold there. So I'm hoping after a few days they'll see how much Allison and I love each other and they'll let us come back here because this is a very comfortable apartment. All right, I'm going to give you the tour. We're not going to do the tour. You ready? Okay. okay. All right, so we're, we're not going to do the tour, but you'll, you'll see pieces of the tour as we go through it. Like I said, I'm going to jump around and show you different snippets. So the next one I have, um, oh, the next video I want to show you is, let's see, 3615. Like I said, I, I didn't have time to just edit together a whole uh, thing. But this is um, uh, when we were arriving at the orphanage, driving up to the orphanage for the first time. And that building over there yes, is the orphanage. Yes, yes. yes. What is this over here? Oh, it's the cemetery. The cemetery. It's not a good place. No. So this was about an hour and a half away from the apartment because it's a tiny little village of Karakasta. And that building in the distance, that's the orphanage. Looks like Christmas trees. <laughs> it's not. It's just yeah. cold. There was I'm snow like, on the like ground, obviously. I know. I'm like squishing through the... Oh, you're fine. All right. So this is... I just wanted you to see pulling up to the orphanage. We're all kind of freaking out. Uh, the people, the other people... So, so in the car with us is a driver. The woman is Galia, who was my... Who was the agency's... Um, my point person there, she was brilliant. She was wonderful. I hate that I've lost contact with her. So she went inside. Then there was the couple, the, the uh, Karma and Michael Hodges from Utah, and they wound up adopting two, two kids. So the, there's Galia going into the orphanage. Um, there was a little dog out front, and I was thinking, you know, I had been concerned about uh, whether or not Allison had ever seen a dog because I had a dog at home named Sandy, uh, who was my first baby. And, um, you know, anyway, so I saw that, that dog out there and I'm thinking, well, maybe, you know, just maybe, maybe, uh, she's seen a dog. She did. She took to Sandy just fine. All right. So this is, we're inside the orphanage in this little room where they kept us. And I am waiting to meet Allison for the first time. So the the other the other family was videotaping me because they were bringing Allison in first. So I'm standing, I'm pacing, and you could see how run down this room is. So this okay, is the I orphanage. You see the walls are peeling paint. Yeah, I'm going to move this a little further down because I think there's still a few minutes before they bring her in. You can hear somebody crying in the background. Yeah, it's very grim looking. This this or this orphanage was in disrepair, but they were doing. Rep- oh, here we go. And here's where I meet her for the first time. Oh, look at those eyes! My good girl, Mama. My good Mama. And that's the moment I met my daughter. 
She was like, what is going on here? Who are these people? That woman is the chief pediatrician of the orphanage. She, the chief pediatrician, and she, you know, they didn't have a lot, but they really cared for these kids. I'll show you another video as we're leaving of where she slept, and it's just, it's kind of heartbreaking. Um, So anyway, so that day, we were there for a number of hours for most of the day. We came back the next day. And we're with the kids again for all day. We fed them and got to hang out with them and just, you know, she loosened up. She, you know, got to know me a little bit. Um, and on that second day is when Galia came back and told us, you have court on, uh, on Thursday. Thursday was uh, November 23rd. It was Thanksgiving that year. And that's the day we had court. So I want to show you a little bit of the courtroom. Um, this, this is, uh, I'll first show you just pictures of the courthouse. Excuse my, my camera work. But there's the judge sitting behind the desk. Over to the right, there's a cage because they put, you know, this was a criminal courtroom too. They did everything court-related in this room where you, the walls are peeling again. It's, it's just not nice, but it's functional, I guess. So there I am with Galia. We're listening to the judge telling us, you know, asking us questions. There are two other people there. There's one who's the representative from the Ministry of Education, the woman. Oh, that's the, that's the orphanage director and the chief pediatrician. Oh, no, just the orphanage director and that woman, the other woman is the uh, woman from the Ministry of Education. And then they had the prosecutor and who was, you know, I guess the advocate for the child going through the uh, the court proceedings. So the the the, um, the those are the prosecutors sitting behind the desk over there and the judge is asking questions. And Galia was translating for me what the judge was saying. But to adopt and so briefly the background okay <laughs> um, I decided to adopt because I've always wanted a child um, I've never been married and um, I would rather give a child a home um, who needs a home than, than try to bring one into the world myself by myself um, um, I uh, I came to Kazakhstan because I saw this little girl, my ghoul, and I fell in love with her, and I knew that she was my daughter, and I wanted to adopt her. Okay, so now Galia translates and tells him what I said. They asked a bunch of questions. They asked about my income. They asked about, you know, my home. They, they asked a lot of questions. The whole thing took maybe 15 minutes, and I want to share with you at, I think it's at, um, I'm going to queue in. I, I kept it where uh, they asked. Okay, so that's the uh, orphanage director testifying that, yes, I'd be a good mom and I should have this child. And, um, all right, I'm going to play it from here. That's Galia explaining to me what they're saying. Telling me about her medical condition. 
nervous system dependency, a system, it's when maybe a mother, it's still unknown, maybe the mother, when she was pregnant, she used some medicine or she was stressed, she tried to get rid of the child, or maybe uh, just at the time of delivery. And the thing is, they make up medical diagnoses. Uh, they did it in Russia, they do it in all these Eastern European countries to to let them leave the country because theoretically if the child's healthy they don't let them be adopted by foreigners so they come up with these diagnoses that are or aren't accurate yes um i consulted a physician at home and i know that she will need um she will need medical treatment and um physical therapy and occupational therapy and perhaps speech therapy and i'm I'm aware of that and I'm prepared for that. We have a doctor's appointment as soon as we get home. And I held it together until this next part. I'll just let you hear that and then we'll move on to the next the next part. And I don't understand a word that she's saying, but allegedly she's translating what I said. So the other couple was videotaping for me. And we're. If we give this to you, is to the applicant. You have to say, please submit my application. I request the court. Just do This is where I have to tell them why I want to adopt. I guess. I request that you give me custody of my girl and make her my daughter. Today is is the American holiday Thanksgiving. So it was Thanksgiving, and that's when I lost it. That's when I started crying. So um, it, somebody mentioned the jackets. The co- it was freezing cold in there. There was no heat in that courtroom. So we, I was wearing my foot. That was a down ski jacket that I was wearing. It was cold. We were wearing the winter coats indoors because it was freezing cold. All right, so here, uh, in just a second, she tells me they, that they, um, here, <laughs> and I'm crying. So basically, because this is going to take a while, so what she tells me is they had approved the adoption, but the prosecutor didn't agree to a court of immediate action, which means you can take the kid and go. So there's a two-week, 15-day waiting period after the adoption is approved that you have to wait those two weeks before you can leave the country, 15 days. So, uh, But the next day, I was going to be able to get Allison from the orphanage and um, and take her with me. So then the other couple had their um, hearing after mine, um, but at this point, I know that I, I get to take Allison home. And so then um, that night, because it was our last night as, uh, you know, childless adults, we decided to go out for a nice dinner, me and the Hodges. And we went to a Chinese restaurant because Kazakhstan is right next to China. And the food was amazing. I mean, it was really, really nice. Uh, but the thing that's and it was a it was a lovely, beautiful restaurant. But the bathrooms 
You go into the bathroom and you go into a stall and there's a hole in the floor and you squat over it. Yeah, see, the, this country was full of of just um, uh, of things that, that didn't, you know, just non sequiturs seemingly. Um, all right, so this one I want to play for. So now the next day we go back to the orphanage to take the kids home. They do a thing that's really sweet. When a child is adopted, they have a little ceremony um, with the, the, the orphanage director. And you see there are roses there and the roses are dead, but they've got a few bottles of champagne and cookies. So this is their little celebration thing that they do. Um, so I wanted to just show you that. And then um, I got to, this is so sad. Uh, let's see, it's the 3520. I want to make sure I'm showing you the right one because like I said, I've got so many different, um, uh, where is it? 35... Why don't I see it? Oh, this is it. Okay, so this this is the day we're leaving the orphanage. I I I was asked to shoot a few referral videos from for another family, but first, this is the room, the room that Allison slept in. And look at these babies in here. This this will break your heart. Be prepared. This is Michael's room. Yes, this was this was Michael's crib, right? That that was where Michael slept. <laughs> We this brought those crib. bumpers. Huh? I brought those we bumpers. We brought the pads and the bumper pads. Hi. So now, I know. <gasps> you look like my ghoul. Who is look at this? Look at this little baby. <laughs> All right, there you go. We have a little brother or sister. <laughs> oh, these babies are just there. Where my ghoul was sleeping, where my ghoul was sharing the room with other kids. Uh-huh. Yes. This is the game room. Okay. That's the room that um, Michael's referral Her video referral was video was shot in there. Mm-hmm. It's just temporary room, temporary room, just for the time of the repayment of the baby house. Right, the repair just, of the yes, baby repair house. house. It's temporary. Lots of toys temporary there. Place. They play with all these toys. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, so where now? Which are the kids we're shooting for focus? So, so they they were bringing me to again to uh, do these other referral videos. And uh, hold on, let me. Um, I, I'm going to show you one. Uh, I met a group of people who were adopting through my same agency. We made our own little mailing list. So I had shot this video. Fifty one thirty. I had shot this video um, of this little boy Garrett. And um, uh, you, you got to see the, uh, again, I'm sorry to show you this, but I want you to see the severity of it. So this was a little, the older toddlers. This was their room. And this is where Garrett was. He was sleeping. In here? Oh, this is the room. This is Albina and, uh, and Idara's room. This will break your heart. They're taking naps. The walls are peeling. Their beds back to back. Look at that, the paint peeling right behind the beds where these babies are sleeping. And that little, that, oh, that's Michael right there, who Amy adopted. Oh, I see these babies here and it, 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 my stomach goes in knots. Where Albina was? I've been 
That was Albina's bed? <laughs> what, Idar. So anyway, um, they bring they bring me to this other room to do the referral video for this little boy. This is Garrett. Garrett was adopted by a family who lives in Texas. His name here was Timor. My battery died. But they just woke him up. He had been sleeping. But I got to show you when he comes down to, and hugs me. Look at this. He's walking. You want to come to me? And this, you know, his name is now Garrett, and he's probably, you know, he's around Allison's. He's probably 22 or 23 years old now. So, um, he came right to Nicole. But I have such a warm, warm place in my heart for this little boy because of this moment. Look at this. So the same way I had that video of Allison with the woman from, I don't know where she was from, saying, oh, come on, Nicole. Um, the, uh, Garrett's adoptive parents now have this video. Um, yeah. Oh, breaks my heart. So from that moment, we went downstairs. They were getting, um, uh, getting, um, um, Allison and the, the other two, they were Albina and Jaden were their names that the, uh, the other couple were adopting, getting them ready. So we walked back into the room where we had the little celebration with the, uh, the champagne and the cookies. Um, and so we're so walking we back through off whatever we got and yes. give it to them. Um, okay, but you so, can see more of the um, orphanage as we're walking through. Apparently they were doing repairs. The medical records. Okay. Okay, you guys, you and ready they're to all, go? We brought the clothes to take them with. They came to us with nothing. And there's Allison. And the woman that's holding Allison was her primary caregiver. Here we go. You say, do you come home with me. We start our new life together, okay? Okay. Alia, thank you so much. So, Alia, uh, again, the translation for what they called her, first mama. That was the that was the name, her primary caregiver. So th the problem that a lot of these adoptive kids who spend their first year in an orphanage have is they don't form attachments because they don't have that nurturing. Well, they make sure they do. Each child has a first mama, a primary caregiver who then, you know, um, takes care of them. So uh, she bonded. Uh, this this is um, uh, do I have, I don't have sound on that one. That's Aaliyah. So um, yeah. So I got very lucky there. So we we went back to the apartment. Um, let's see what I have now. Uh, I I showed you um, Michael, right? Her friend his her friend Michael. Well, my, let, you know. Let me just show you the difference. You saw Allison's demeanor in the orphanage. Now I'm just going to show you a couple of. Um, 
I, I didn't even make notes of which ones to show you. But here's just Allison cruising around the apartment. She was a different child the minute we got there. The last she, half hour walking. And now, now that I have the video on, come on this way. She decides to crawl. <laughs> I think she's probably just really tired. It's late. She should have been in bed two hours ago. And we tried. What time is it now? It is... It is... Yeah, 9.30. I put her into bed at 7.30. And uh, she wouldn't go to sleep. So, you know what? I'm just going to let this play while I share with you a little bit of what I wrote in my journal. This day, today... That's the, the day we left the orphanage together was November 24th, the day after Thanksgiving, 21 years ago, but it was 21 years ago today. That night, here's what I wrote in my journal. It was November 24th, now known as our, our forever day. I brought an adorable red velvet jumpsuit with a matching hat to bring Allison home in. I also bundled her up in a pink snow jacket. We still have those items of clothing in a special box of Allison's things. I gave the outfit to the caregivers. They got her all dressed and brought her to me. Then it was to the director's office for a small ceremony of cookies and champagne. Apparently they do this for every time a child leaves with his or her new parents. And then we headed out to begin our new life together. And then I didn't write again until November 27th because, um, well, because it got busy, right? Um, uh, Gary is asking, Nicole, do you know her actual birthday? No, I don't. And here's the thing. They estimated that she was born around um, uh, May 1st. So check this out. Um, what happens is you go in. This is her birth certificate. It's like a little, it's like a, a fold over. It's, it's like a two, two-sided um cardboard thing in a cover of lovely that's the color of Kazakh the, the Kazakhstan flag um and so we're we're um I, I actually want to show you something that's on this video that's playing now maybe anyway so this all is all handwritten you see and so what happens is they took us into the records room and they pulled out there are books lining the shelves pink and blue again this is the year 2000 they didn't have computers. They had pink and blue books on the walls behind the, the records person, who, by the way, came in that day only to see us. There were people lining the hallways uh, waiting to see her. She wouldn't see them. We paid their phone bill so that she would see us that day. But she wasn't going to see anybody else who was waiting for her. We paid the phone bill. They, they took care of us. They pull out the book in which Allison's birth was registered, and they had made up the name of Maigul Matsukova, um, because they didn't have any information. And they put a line through that, and they wrote in Allison Sandler. Um, and they asked me, uh, do you want to change the birth date? So they estimated that her birthday was May, May 1st, and, but they don't know. And I said, you know what? My mother's birthday was May 3rd. Let's make it May 3rd. So that's why Allison's birthday is May 3rd. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> um, and, and they issued a new birth certificate, which again, I can't read it. One side is in Kazakh, one side is in Russian. I don't know which side is which, but that's her birth certificate. And here's her Kazakh 
passport. One of the things we had to wait for. So um, her, her, uh, I still have this. It's expired now. But this is, this is her picture and her Kazakh passport. She also has a U.S. passport now. Um, so we, so we were there. We were supposed to leave for to go back to Florida. And I was living in Los Angeles at the time, but my father was not doing well. My father had had an accident. He was left quadriplegic. He was not doing well. So we had always planned, instead of going home to Florida, I mean, going home to to Los Angeles, we were going to go to Miami. But we had to go to Moscow first because that's where you have to go out through the U.S. Embassy. Go figure. So we fly, we, we fly to Moscow. Long story. You need to read my journal to, to hear the adventures on the airplane with a poopy diaper and the airplane bathroom in the middle of the night and the, and the loaded luggage because we're running out of time. I, I may run a little long today. So Progressive Voices listeners, if we, we're going to cut off at the top of the hour, you're welcome to come over to um, NicoleSandlerStream.com to hear the rest of it. Or come come to NicoleSandler.com slash listen-live because you can pick up the YouTube video there as well and see, you know, see what's going on while I talk us through. So anyway, we fly to Moscow. Do I have – oh, I didn't even pull any pictures of um, any of the Moscow stuff. I think I have – I think I have something in the hotel, though. Hold on. Yes, I do. All right. So this is this is the hotel room in Moscow. We finally make it. Last night before we go back to the States. <gasps> and there's Allison. Allison. And look at her now. Silly girl. This is three that weeks go later. In your ear. That doesn't go in your ear. No. She's putting the pen cover in her ear. No, that's not a toy. That's not a toy. So we were at the Mommy's Marriott Sverskaya. We in Moscow, had a nice night in a hotel. Well, we haven't yet, but we got here and we had room service, right, sweetie? And tomorrow we go to America. Allison, Allison, say hi. 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 <laughs> she's very <waving>. good. <laughs> very good. And she's so proud of herself. Hey, how much does mommy love Allison? This much. <laughs> how much does mommy love Allison? <gasps> this much. Do it again. Can you show me? How much does mommy love Allison? Okay, so I want to, I want to show no. you a few other things. Because she, she really hey, grew up so much. How much does mommy love Allison? This much? <laughs> Good girl. Hi. You ready to She's go waving. bye-bye? We're going to get on a big plane tomorrow and go bye-bye. My little Russian girl is going to become an American girl. You ready? Ready to say bye-bye. Bye-bye. I love you. I love you. Okay, I was yeah, I was listening to the news because while in Kazakhstan, the only English language programming was Fox News, believe it or not. And while I was there, think about it. I was there for uh, November to December 2000. What was going on? Bush v. Gore. I flew out on November 18th. The election hadn't been decided yet. The day we went, the day we flew to Moscow is when the Supreme Court ruled. And I wanted to get the Moscow newspaper with the headline, but I couldn't. I did in the in the airport in Germany get the um <laughs> uh, get the International Herald Tribune or something from the day that it was decided. I've got it somewhere in my piles of stuff. Um and uh here, I gotta show you this. We, we made it 
out of Moscow, we get to Frankfurt where we have to train, change planes. And um, our plane was delayed. There was, there was a thing. We took off. We had to come back. I don't remember what the, there was a problem with the, the altimeter or something. There was a problem with the plane. So they brought us back to the terminal and they said, you're going to have to wait a couple of hours. Well, the couple of hours turned into many hours and they didn't take my stroller out of the plane. So I'm carrying around this baby. And now she's at this point of probably 18 to 20 pounds. And, um, that's heavy after a while. And I, I, I guess I was pathetic enough that Lufthansa brought me to this private area. First, they fed us lunch, and Allison got to go on her very first slide. This is in the airport. This is the best picture ever. This child who had never been on a slide is in a little play area going down a slide with the most amazing look on her face. Um, anyway, that's the photo. And then they gave us a room, and they said, go in here lie down, take a nap. We will come and get you when it's time to get on the plane. So they did. We got to sleep. They drove us right up to the gate. We got on the plane. The plane took off. And um, and the next morning, or, or some 12 hours later or something like that, we landed in Miami. And as I said, my dad had had an accident and he was left quadriplegic and he wasn't doing well. So first first stop was to go see my dad. Okay, Here we are. Saturday afternoon and we're at Pop Pop's house. Hi Pop Pop. And there's my sister. Allison. Yep. Where's Allison? There's Allison. There's Allison. Who met Pop Pop? So so there we were in Florida for a few days. We left Florida finally. Um uh, I want to, I don't even know what the date was anymore. It was right around Christmas, a little before Christmas. We leave Florida. We get back to, um, to, uh, uh, to, to Los Angeles. And uh, I, I know I want to show you some video there. I, we're going to lose progressive voices any minute now. I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes. Well, I got, I still got a few other things to show you. But here, I want to show you when we get to LA because, um, you know, if you saw in my, um, in my, um, uh, is this it? Okay. So uh, Sandy, in my adoption announcement here, I'll let you put it up again so you can see it. And this was my, ado- I was, again, I was single. I was 40 at the time, um, wasn't married. And, but I wrote, I finally have a daughter to cherish and Sandy has a little girl to protect. Sandy was my first baby. Sandy was my dog. And if you know me, you know how I am with dogs. Um, and so, well, here we are. It's Christmas morning, all right, in, in Los Angeles. And here's Allison and Sandy. We're eating a banana on Christmas morning. And Sandy's watching. That's Here's Sandy. Sandy. Here's Allison just chomping away on the banana. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> yummy, understands huh? me now. That's, is that yummy? Yeah. You like those bananas, huh? This is two months to the day after mm, I got the referral or after I got the report no, from the it. doctor. You eat it. <laughs> Can you eat that? You eat it. She's trying to give me her banana. I don't want to, oh. Yeah. You eat it. I'm surprised she didn't give it to Sandy. I'm surprised Sandy didn't no, take it. Allison. Okay, so you get the idea. There's uh Allison and Sandy. Um mm. 
Yeah. So uh, here's, uh, let's see, what else do I have here? I got these pictures to show you. Okay, I'll have it. Thank you. You all done? Yeah, so Allison was very busy. She, she, um, you know, she, she mm. understood everything really quickly. Okay. Then, of course, she went to the radio station with me. Um, there was one other video that I wanted to show you. Let's see if I can find this. Uh, just to give you an example of how quickly she, um, she uh, acclimated. Um, let me just give you a little bit of uh, New Year's New Year's Day, because you saw Sandy. I want to show you. I want to show you uh, Allison and Sandy in action together because they were the best of friends. Uh, I got this video up. Here we go. All right, so there's Allison right, Sandy? giving Sandy right, Allison? Uh, Cheerios. Sandy was a big teddy bear. <laughs> she was a Chow Golden nice. Retriever, Golden Retriever, Akita Sharpay, I think, and couldn't oh, have been more gentle sweet. with Allison. She's Whoops. feeding her she didn't Cheerios, and to she again? took them so gingerly out of her hand. Give her Just another Cheerio. Just the cutest thing. Can you give Sandy another Cheerio? Uh, Go ahead. Uh, oh, you can't find it, huh? <laughs> there it is. So anyway, I could watch these videos for hours, as you can imagine. Oh, right. So that, you know, and then, I mean, I could keep going on this, but as they say, you know, and we live happily ever after. She is not here right now. She is on her way over. She was over here last night, and she is um, uh, coming back because we're going to have dinner tonight, and we'll be hanging out all day tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow... On the show, I should just keep showing you this video instead of me talking because it's they're, they're so cute together. This was, <laughs> yeah, very, really cute, right? Oh, those are my two girls. Anyway, um, not too long after this, my radio station was sold. I wound up moving to Taos, New Mexico. I could go on and on and on because we have another, you know, 21 years after this. Um, so, you know, another day perhaps. But, uh, yeah, I thought you would appreciate that. Sandy, it was amazing. She was the best dog ever. She held on until I got Allison home. She, there was something, I, I thought she had a problem with her neck because if you touched her the wrong way, she would yelp. I knew she was in pain, but I, did, I couldn't tell what was wrong. And while I was gone, uh, my friend Melissa and her dog Drake stayed at the house with, with Sandy about maybe a month or two after we got home, Sandy used to come to the radio station with me. She would get in pictures with the artists who would come in. And one day she just was weird. She, she didn't get in the picture. She was standing in the corner on my way home from work. I took her to the vet and it turns out the vet told me that she had gone blind and it devastated me. And we did tests and finally they did an MRI and the MRI showed a giant tumor eating away the whole right side of her jaw. And um, I, I, I had to put her down. And it was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And Allison used to come. She, she would bring, she, one day she came to me holding a picture of her and Sandy. And she went, Sam, Sam. And I'm thinking, I can't let my kid grow up without a dog. So we wound up getting Sasha and Pooh. But that's another story for another day. Um, so here we are. You know, it, that was 21 years ago. And again, I will say the best, single best thing I've ever done in my life. Best thing, bar none. Um, 
before I left, so the radio station was sold. I wound up moving to Taos, New Mexico, which was a huge mistake. But before I left, um, Gail King, who is now a huge television star, she does the, the CBS Morning News, for God's sake. Back then, she was just Oprah's best friend. She was on the Oxygen Network. And I had been on the radio, and my the whole thing was very public. I called in from Kazakhstan. It was, you know, I kept the journal on the station website. Uh, so the the whole the whole process was done out in the open. So they wanted to do a story on the adoption. So I thought this might be a good way to to end the show. Um, uh, again, we've got many chapters that follow this one, but. Just to show you, uh, we came full circle. Here's, uh, here's the piece that Gail King did um, back then. They called it From Russia with Love. Were created as American parents went overseas to adopt. This is one story we're calling From Russia with Love. I had always wanted children. And I, at some point, I think I said, well, if I, by the time I'm 40, I'm not married yet, I'm going to do it on my own. I was doing well. I was happy. I felt good. I still didn't have a guy in my life, and I was approaching 40. Good girl. And I said, that's Sasha and Pooh. I'm ready. Nicole Sandler wanted a baby so badly that she was willing to explore every option. So I immediately, that night, I got on the computer and I looked up international adoption. I, I for some reason, was just being drawn to Russia. Um, my heritage is Russian. It took an emotional year and a half of bureaucracy and broken promises to find a baby. Um, that year was very, very tough because it was a lot of, oh, you'll have a referral like within a month. Oh, it'll be, you know, you know, soon. I get a call saying there are no healthy girls in Chalyubinks. But there's a little girl in Kazakhstan we think you might be interested in. And I woke up in the morning to an email with this precious little girl that was like all eyes and I just my my stomach flip-flopped and I just went oh my god that's her first thought is she's absolutely precious second thought is oh my god she's so tiny and at 15 months old look she can't even stand and she's so stiff you know I just wanted to take her and feed her and hold her I mean I immediately fell in love with her Found abandoned on the street when she was just a month old, an orphanage took her in and gave her a name. Her name is Michael here, but in America her name will be Alice. Nicole traveled to Kazakhstan to bring home her new daughter, and she recorded the experience. It's so funny. I wasn't, you know, going to put on makeup because I hate wearing makeup, but I thought I'm meeting my daughter for the first time. Oh, there it's yours. Oh, look at those eyes. The little girl I got was 18 months old when I met her. But in many ways, she was a baby, not a toddler. She weighed maybe 16 or 17 pounds. I need a kiss. So it was like scary in that sense. I, you know, I was nervous about meeting her, just hoping she would you know, take to me as much as me taking to her. You say, Dos Vidanya, You come home with me. We start our new life together, okay? A new start in a new country. 
Allison and Nicole had to figure out how to become a family. I have to believe that she was going through some period of mourning. I mean, here I am, a person that she had only known for a few days. I visited her for a few hours for three days. And then I took her away from all the people that she knew that were taking care of her and that were loving her. Where are these pictures from? These pictures are from Kazakhstan. Ka. Right. These are from a local artist Ka. in Kazakhstan. That's where Allison was born. For some reason, you wound up all the way on the other side of the world, and Mommy had to go on an airplane and find you and bring you home. Okay. Okay. You want a bite of this? No. You want a strawberry? Nicole also had to deal with some of the simplest things we all take for granted. She didn't get enough to eat in the orphanage. You know, they, they didn't have enough to feed them, so she'd eat everything and inhale it all, and now she's starting to say no to things and pushes food away before her plate is clean and you know I think I'm the opposite of most parents because I was thrilled when she started doing that. No. In the orphanage they said they bathed the children once a week but they weren't actually baths they were sponge baths. They got a sponge bath once a week. Um, these kids had never been immersed in a tub of water. You know that first night I went to take her in the bath and you would have thought I was putting her in a pot of boiling water. She screamed. Bath time over there, if they had real baths, was never pleasurable. It wasn't a fun thing. It was, it was torture. So, you know, when they realize that it's fun here, you know, they all wind up loving it. Like, she loves, she loves the bath. It's a fun play area. <laughs> right? Right. While Allison's first language is Russian, communication has not been a problem. For a child from a bilingual household, which technically she is because she never heard English till she was 18 months old, um, she's, she's ahead of where she should be. Oh, oh knock, knock. Who's there? It's Maisie. There she is. Well, I've never given birth, so I don't, I don't know what that feels like or what that bond feels like but I know that there's no way a mother-daughter bond could be stronger or that I could possibly love a child more than I love Allison. Adoptive parents have a saying that you know you grew in somebody else's womb but you grew in my heart. She absolutely did. It doesn't matter where she came from. I love her more than than I ever knew I could love anybody else. How much does mama love Allison? And more and more and more and more and more and more and more. <laughs> I don't think she has to worry that she didn't give birth. You can tell they've got a bond. Way to go, Nicole. According to Nicole, the lack of money is really the hardest part about raising a child alone. Well, you'll be glad to know she's got a new, do a new job. Yeah. So she and Allison are moving to New Mexico for a better life. Is adopting internationally an option for you? We're going to talk about that and how the events of September 11th have affected adoption all over the world. You're watching Pure Oxygen. We'll be right back. And that, uh, that's our story. Um, now you see why Thanksgiving is such a special holiday for me. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to cry again. I've read my journal. I've watched these videos and I still tear up. I really thought Allison was going to be here by now. She, she's actually hanging out with her boyfriend's mother today. They had lunch together um, because she's not going to spend Thanksgiving with them. She's going to be here, and she's coming over for dinner tonight. Um, but she's not here yet, huh? 
no. Uh, so that's it. That, that's it. Uh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to say thank you for hanging with me and listening to our story. I share it because there are millions, millions of children around the world who could use a loving family. So all those people who are, you know, want to have a child of your own, Allison is my child. She couldn't possibly be any more my kid than she is. Believe me, I don't know the difference. Um, She is my child. Um, And there's nothing better than this. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I'm just going to sign off now. And uh, I will tomorrow. We're gonna we're we're gonna be off YouTube for the next two days. We're gonna have a music show tomorrow um, on the audio stream, and on Friday a best of, maybe a Joel Silberman uh, show or maybe music interviews or something special. We'll do something nice. All right, um, and we'll be back here live on Monday to get back at it. Oh, I should mention guilty, guilty guilty in the trial for the murder of Ahmed Arbery. At least somebody some and, and sometimes justice is served. Guilty. All right. On that note, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging with me today. Thank you for sharing this very special memory with me. Um, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye.